Hi, everyone. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford. He is my partner in crime, Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. Wes, it's our midweek show. Normally, we dedicate this show to taking a look at the opponent, but I want to get to that later in the show because, first off, on Tuesday evening, the NFL announced the Pro Bowl selections, the original Pro Bowl selections for 2019. There will be a lot of changes to these Pro Bowl rosters between now and when the game is played. Two Packers make it, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. Certainly congratulations in order there. I believe it's the seventh Pro Bowl selection for Aaron Rodgers, which uh, he's second in Packers history behind Brett Favre. I think you had nine Pro Bowl selections. But the first original Pro Bowl selection for wide receiver Devontae Adams, we talked about it all season long. Very well-deserving, and we're very curious to see just how his season finishes up here with two games to go. Probably as well-deserved of a original balloting Pro Bowl selection of anybody I can think of in recent memory for the Green Bay Packers. Here's what I love about Devontae Adams and his selection to the Pro Bowl. I believe I was talking to our, one of our social media gurus here, Ryan Hartwig. I believe Adams was, I want to say, ninth on the Pro Bowl Voting is in the fans okay. uh, in that final week leading up to the balloting. And that's good enough. It's a third of fans, third coaches, third players. But I think the fact that he got in and on the initial ballot speaks to what the league thought of him. Yeah. It's not like it was the ballot was just stuffed in his favor by you know the, the outside Packer fans, everything. The league has caught up to the Devontae Adams phenomenon. And for him, 100 catches... Thirteen hundred and fifteen yards, I believe it is, and then obviously the twelve touchdowns. Right, as impressive as a season as I can remember, honestly, truly. When you look at the amount of contested catches he's had, amount of big plays he's had for Devontae Adams, first time since two thousand ten and eleven, a Packers receiver going to be making back to back Pro Bowl appearances, but also the fact that he is getting that respect now, obviously well deserved. Yeah, and when it comes to those statistics, and we've talked about it a lot already, you said he's got the 100 catches, 13 more in these last two games. He will break Sterling Sharp's franchise record for a single season of 112. And with 1,315 yards, he needs 205 yards to surpass Jordy Nelson's single-season Packers record of 15-19. So uh, be interesting to see if he can get those. And uh, and hats off to Adams, as you said, his uh Second straight, it'll be a second straight Pro Bowl appearance, but he was an injury replacement last year. So uh, he goes in right away this time. But of course, as always with Pro Bowl selections, you have to talk about the snubs. Yeah. <laughs> and um, for the Green Bay Packers, it's really hard for me to swallow that David Bakhtiari is not an original Pro Bowl selection here this year. Mm-hmm. And I'll say this, Wes. I know there are only three offensive tackles selected in the NFC. That's how it goes. No problem with Tyron Smith from the Cowboys. No problem with Teron Armstead from the New Orleans Saints. But to see David Bakhtiari not make it above Trent Williams from the Washington Redskins, I just think Bakhtiari is a better player. I think if you ask the vast majority of GMs and scouts around the league if they would want David Bakhtiari at left tackle or Trent Williams, I think they'd say David Bakhtiari. And I think it's unfortunate that uh, that Bakhtiari didn't get it this year. So here's the thing, Michael, and it's going to be very interesting uh, what's going to happen here in a couple weeks because the AP will be announcing its all-pro team, which picks – two players at every position 
as it relates to the offensive line. So you got a left tackle that'll be first team, a left tackle that'll be second team. David Bakhtiari, in the eyes of 50 voters in the AP, guys that are following the league and ladies that are following the league every single week, Dave, the last two years, have considered him among the best two left tackles. Right. The he's fact been, he's that been second team all pro two years in a row. The fact that he cannot be among the top three tackles in the NFC, it just, it's incredible to me. <laughs> uh, and especially this year. I wrote about him last Friday right. uh, for a story on our website. When you factor in what he's played through to make 14 starts, what he's done and how he's diversified his game, not just the best pass blocker in the league anymore, has become a really effective run blocker, especially in space. Not easy for a 320-pound guy to do. And now for him in this season with Aaron Rodgers dealing with, with what he dealt with, with the knee injury, having to you know raise his game even more, one of the biggest travesties I think I've seen during my time on the beat. And it took a while for Josh Sitton to get there. It took a while for TJ Lang to get there. Yeah. But the fact, Michael, that we now, in my eighth season covering the team here, the fact that the only, I shouldn't say only because Sitton eventually got in, but the fact that you have you have Bakhtiari and Corey Lindsley have yet to be voted into a Pro Bowl, but Jeff Saturday was in 2012 the same week in which he was benched for Evan Smith. Yeah, I'm not saying that tells you everything you need to know about the Pro Bowl, but it just it's tough because it is. it's it's it's, it's written tough. into contracts with language yep. uh with bonuses and things of that nature it, it's unfortunate that uh Bakhtiari again is on the outside looking in and Lindsley for that matter as well yeah and I don't want to overanalyze it here too much but you mentioned it guys like Sitton and Lang how they eventually in time got the Pro Bowl recognition and it's almost you know with Bakhtiari getting his initial second team all pro selection in 2016 then you think, okay, the Pro Bowl stuff is definitely going to start to come after that. Well, now the last two years, the Packers have been out of the playoffs. Right, you know? sure. And I'm sure that that factors, whether it's whether right or wrong, I don't know, and I don't know all the machinations that go into all this Pro Bowl voting, but you just wonder in some respects if, if that has hurt him, that when it kind of became his time, now the Packers suddenly are not a postseason team, whereas – Teron Smith from the Dallas Cowboys, they're headed to the playoffs this year. The, um, as I said, Teron Armstead from the New Orleans Saints, they're headed to the playoffs. That's where, to me, when I, when Still I, help when the I look Williams at Williams' argument, yeah. Yeah, th- right. that's, that's why when I look at it, I'm like, how does David Bakhtiari not make it ahead of Trent Williams? I, I'm sorry, I just yeah. I don't get that. Now, on the defensive side, and you mentioned Corey Lindsley as well. Now, there are only two centers. Um, Lindsley that, played that better are, than Alex Mack taken. this year, though, unequivocally. Alex Mack I, is a is a... Really good center in this league. Yeah, what you know, a perennial Pro Bowl type player. But I think if you look at the some of the issues that the Falcons have had over the course of the season, the fact that their run game has had the issues they've had, I I thought that to me was kind of a travesty. But yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. So Lindsley unfortunately doesn't make it. Um, he is an alternate, whereas Bakhtiari is an alternates. alternate. Yeah, I know they're not. That was even was even weirder. Yeah, they're to not me. first. So it's going to take a couple of yeah. substitutions for them to get to, uh, to get the phone call, but. Uh, so Lindsley and Bakhtiari are alternates. Another alternate is Kenny Clark on the defensive side. Now here, as much respect as I have for Clark and the season that he has had, three interior defensive linemen selected for the NFC. Aaron Donald from the Rams, Fletcher Cox from the Eagles, and Akeem Hicks from the yeah. Bears. 
I have a heck of a lot of respect for the year that Kenny Clark has put together, but it'd be pretty hard to make an argument to leave off one of those three that did get picked. This one made sense. Yeah. Uh, the offensive line, I thought, was you know a travesty of justice, but Kenny Clark <laughs> is 23 years old. Uh, you look at the season. Basically, I think it comes down to him or Hicks. They both played really well, uh, but Hicks, when you look at it, their numbers are almost identical. Hicks has a couple more forced fumbles. So, I mean, I understand that. Uh, you yeah. look, you know, Fletcher Cox and – and uh, Aaron Donald, they're they're in another tier right now. Yeah, there are people of, talking about Aaron Donald being in the league MVP conversation. Although, now that the Rams have lost a couple right. games, that's calmed down a little bit. But it's incredible the yeah. fact that he has 14 sacks yeah. at that position. That's no doubt. insane. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, Kenny Clark is a young guy though, and it's a position that I think, you know, also with the offensive line, when you get more towards your mid to late 20s, that's where you're really coming into your prime at those physical. Uh, powerful position. So Kenny Clark, there's a lot of upside there for him. The one thing that's unfortunate, we'll have to see how everything shuffles out with the elbow injury. It's very possible some of those defensive linemen are going to drop off here if one of them makes the playoffs, uh, if one of them makes the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl yeah. uh, you know, you know, with all those different possibilities. Uh, but you know, then it becomes a question of whether or not Clark can actually play in the game with the elbow. All things left to figure out. But it was at least nice to see his name added to the alternates to see him finally starting to maybe uh, break that uh, that glass ceiling. Yeah, a little you, bit. you got to start somewhere. Right? Absolutely. So, all right. Well, Wes, the powerful noise canceling technology that helps NFL coaches block out eighty thousand screaming fans can get you closer to the music you love. Learn more at www.bose.com/packers. Bose, the official headphones of the Green Bay Packers. And at home or here in the stands, we all know that Green Bay fans give it their all. That takes a lot of energy, so grab a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Packers fans everywhere. Try the delicious classic chicken noodle soup. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, official soup partner of the Green Bay Packers. Okay. Actually running a little short on time, but we do need to talk about the New York Jets here. And it, it starts with quarterback Sam Darnold, number one first-round draft pick for the Jets this year. I guess you'd say having a typical rookie season for a high draft pick who's thrown into the fire. Some games where he's shown a lot of promise, and yes, this is the guy of the future, and then some games where you go, boy, he is still a rookie. And mm -hmm. it's kind of just what the Jets have been dealing with. It sounds like they're going to be moving on from their head coach in the offseason some the, the New York media throwing Mike McCarthy's name into the mix that the Jets should be giving him a call to see what he could do with Sam Darnold and developing him for the future there but that's a story for another day right now it is going to be Darnold against the Packers on Sunday in New Jersey yeah Darnold's numbers are not going to impress you when you look at them on the surface he obviously had an injury as well there that he missed some time with yeah but he's kind of coming off one of his better games of the season against Houston last yeah. week. Uh, 24 of 38, no interceptions, 253 yards, two touchdowns, and there is some scrambling ability there with him as well, although not as uh, you know prevalent as you see with maybe a Josh Allen. It's a very strange schedule for the Packers this season that they ended up matching up with all these rookie quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, you know, three of the top four that were taken in this draft minus Baker Mayfield. So uh, the the big thing for me with this matchup, Mike, I mean, when you're looking at uh, keys to victory, things we'll, we'll cone in on later this week, Sam Darnold has found Robbie Anderson in this offense. Last year, Robbie Anderson became the best friend of Josh McCown and what ended up being a pretty surprising season for the Jets, and he almost tipped 1,000 yards receiving. Had really been quiet most of the year, but these last two games specifically, 
Darnold's been connecting with him, so that's a matchup the Packers are going to have to make sure that they're aware of uh, because Anderson's an explosive threat. I think uh, you look at him, he has the potential to be a perennial 1,200-yard receiver just with mm -hmm. how much he can take a top off a of defense. So for me, it starts there. They've had some issues with their backfield. Isaiah Crowell has been placed on injured reserve. They still have Bilal Powell. Um, but it's been more of a work, you know, work in progress for them offensively. Big thing for me, like a lot of these matchups with these rookie quarterbacks, you have to get after Darnold, you have to pressure him, you have to make him uncomfortable. Yeah, and I think when you bring up Robbie Anderson, he is the one guy that adds some explosiveness to this Jets Absolutely. offense. I think that's the one, that's the biggest thing that this Jets offense is lacking, and Anderson is the one guy who brings that to the table. Now, if the Packers, obviously they're not in the playoff hunt. If they were still in the playoff hunt, obviously everybody was looking at if the Packers could go to Chicago and beat the Bears, you've got the Jets and the Lions the last two games. Right. The Packers could win those games and maybe sneak into the playoffs. But regardless of the Packers' situation here, you look at that game last week, the Jets against the Texans, this game was not going to be a gimme for the Packers by any stretch of no. the imagination because Houston, one of the hottest, one of the best teams in the AFC, had a two-score lead, multi-score lead on the Jets. Darnold brought the Jets back, got them into the lead in the fourth quarter, and then the Texans had to rally right. at the end for a couple of scores in order to win that game. I think that one surprised a lot of people. But again, it was another one of those performances where you look at Sam Darnold and go, that's why they drafted him where they did. Right. That's why this guy is the quarterback of the future. And he's certainly capable of that on any given day. And the Packers' defense is going to be uh, have to be on its P's and Q's, as they say, because this kid's got talent. Yeah, and I think if you know Matt Arvin up in the control room went back to our some of our pre-draft uh, you know, discussions on Unscripted. I actually had Darnold for a long time as my top quarterback in that draft. I thought he would fit well there with Cleveland in the direction they wanted to and go. And there were other draft analysts that did think yeah. he might go number one. But certainly, uh, John Dorsey knows a lot more than I do. Baker Mayfield's <laughs> turned out just fine there in Cleveland. But they still feel really good about this kid and what he's going to be able to do in the long term. Uh, it's just it's been a challenging year on a number of fronts for them. I mean, they, they've had to go through a number of different machinations of this roster. Again, like McGuire now has been their leading rusher. He carried the yeah. ball 18 times last week. Uh, you lose Darren Lee to the suspension. Um, you know, you have Jamal Adams. There's some talent there on the defensive side of the ball. But overall, I think it's just been kind of a dearth of playmakers for them, and the result has been what it's been. Yeah, it seems like uh, I didn't take too close a look at their defensive statistics, but a defense that seems to have struggled, particularly later in the season. See, yeah. On average, uh, this second half of the year, they've been giving up, you know, in that 27, 28 points per game range, which certainly makes it tough on a rookie quarterback, what stands out to you about their defense? Tremaine Johnson, uh, they you know they ponied up the cash to get him this offseason. A lot of people, he became a very popular, uh, you know, guy in this league, and, and in terms of free agents, and considered you know of a pretty deep class of cornerbacks, was considered one of the the top ones there. Three was with the Rams for a long time, right? Yep. Before yeah, going to yeah, the Jets. Yeah, for uh, six years. Uh, three interceptions in the last three games, two of which came uh, against Buffalo in that victory that they had over the Bills. So a uh, guy that 
I think it'll be interesting to see him match up probably a little bit with uh, Devontae Adams. But, I mean, Jamal Adams, they finally, it looks like they, you know, after a couple swings at the plate and missing, they did finally get their safety of the future. Uh, 94 tackles on the year, three and a half sacks, one interception, 12 passes defensed, and three force fumbles. So a guy is from that strong safety position that can make plays all over the field. Uh, and you're going to see him probably make an impact against the run as well. So another guy that the Packers are going to have to account for. Yeah, Adams, a high draft pick out of LSU, which, yep. which uh, they, as they like to say in the SEC, DBU, uh, the, <laughs> the uh, Louisiana State Tigers crank out a lot of defensive backs. But uh, we'll get to more on the Jets with our uh, last couple of shows this week, but we do have to go for right now. So we'll call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on Packers.com. On Twitter, he's at Wes Hot. I'm at Mike Spofford at Packers for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. See you next time.